Have you ever found yourself in a position waking up in the morning, probably to the sound of your alarm, and you're running around like a headless chicken, trying to get yourself ready, your children ready. You're preparing to go to work, you're preparing to drop your children at school, or maybe drop them off at the childminder's place. And perhaps you are thinking of so many things, struggling to put the ducks in a row. That rush every morning. That is a typical scenario for many working mothers today. I am Dr. Duny. I'm the award-winning mom empowerment coach. I'm your host on the Wellbeing for Mothers show. And today we're going to talk about the morning rush, which is something that is very typical of a mother's life. The Wellbeing for Mothers show is for you and for me, where we talk about all things motherhood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We talk about those things that we are delighted to talk about, and the ones that we shy away from. But most importantly, we share helpful nuggets to improve our well-being of mind, body, soul, and spirit. So please stay tuned, take notes, and if perhaps maybe you are walking, running, driving, and you can't take notes as you listen, make sure you subscribe, download this episode, and re-listen to it as you take notes. Another very important thing I'd like to ask that you do, share this with other mothers, because you never know who would benefit from this amazing content and this experience that you are going through as well. So without further ado, I'm going to talk about the morning rush. Now, as a family doctor who has children, it is very obvious that sometimes you wake up early to get yourself ready. I remember when I was still working in the hospital, I was having my medical rotation. And with the medical rotations, there were some days that we would have ward round earlier because my division, my specialty in medicine was on take. So they admitted all medical patients and we had so much more than everybody else. And for that reason, we started earlier. But you know the funny thing? Because we started earlier, that didn't mean that I went to sleep earlier. <laughs> um, because when we are on take, we worked a bit longer than usual. So if perhaps you were supposed to leave work by 5, 5.30 or maybe 6, you do not leave work until about 9 o'clock, which was a bit tricky. And then the following morning, you needed to start earlier. So, of course, I understand what it's like to wake up first in the morning, get yourself and your children ready, drop them off and go to work. So there was a particular day when I had gotten myself up from bed very reluctantly because I was so tired. And when I dragged myself out of bed after hitting the snooze button a couple of times, my glance at the clock was followed with a scream. No! How many of you have had that happen to you before? I had hit the snooze button a few too many times and I was now running late. So that morning rush was really apparent. My heart was pounding, my palms were sweaty. I started to bark out commands. Okay, pick up that, put on your shoes, put on your clothes, brush your hair. I mean, seriously, it was panic and mayhem. And I know the stress level I was experiencing at that time was way high. After that experience, Thankfully, I got to drop my children at school and run uphill to work 
I go to work perspiring. People are wondering whether I've been chased by a wild animal in the woods, but I haven't. I was just having that typical morning rush. So here are a few things that I now started doing that helped to take away the pressure of the morning rush that we experience as mothers. So the first thing I would like to say is your preparation for the morning does not start that morning. It starts the night before. And when it starts the night before, it starts in a way that is empowering to you. So if something is draining you, that's not something to follow, okay? So first of all, I acknowledge where you're feeling. I acknowledge where you are at. I know that this can be challenging sometimes. And I, you have my empathy and my big hugs as well. So what we're going to do, I'm going to work you through a process I started to incorporate into my day, but also I started to share with my clients, with my friends, with colleagues, and it has worked for them. It's called the one-hour prep period. Now, this one hour is divided into three sections. These three sections have got their different activities. And each section is about 20 minutes long. Like I mentioned earlier, all the activities that I bring through to you I try to ensure that you can have fun doing them, but also you can do it with your children. Because when you do things with your children in a fun way, you tend to do more, reduce your stress levels, and elevate your well-being. So the first part is where the first 20 minutes is where you take up preparation of things, okay? So you prepare things. The things you could be preparing at that time could be if you were having a major dish for your lunch or your children were having some packed lunch that you needed to cook and that might take a few hours, you might want to do that cooking or preparation that time. Perhaps you have some salad you're going to take to work. You can delegate who's going to wash the tomatoes and the lettuce and all the things you need for your salad. And you can have that fun moment preparing the salad with your children, packing them into the boxes and putting them in the refrigerator. The other things that you can prepare are your school your children's school bag. Now, there are some children who are so young that they can't really put their bags together. But having said that, you can show them how to do it by you doing yours. You have your work bag. Now, if you're like me, some days I take one work bag or perhaps another day you take another work bag. Make sure that if you have a presentation, you have your presentation, your files, your documents, your purse, your wallet, whatever it is that you use to carry cash or cards, put it in your bag for the morning. Put it the night before, okay? Because I know what it's like when you say, okay, so here we go. And you want to buy fuel in your car and you find out that you left your wallet in the other bag. <gasps> that is a nightmare. Okay. So right now you prepare your bag, but then you tell your child who's probably stood or sat beside you. Okay. So what do you need for school tomorrow? And they start popping their own stuff into their bags. So apart from preparing food, prepare your bag. The other thing is prepare your clothes. What are you wearing tomorrow? 
don't let it be a guesswork. For children, especially at school age, it can be quite straightforward because they have a uniform. Is it ready? Are the shoes ready? Are the socks ready? What I tend to tell my children is put the socks in the shoe, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and when they lay their clothes, they lay their clothes with the most outer first. So, for example, my daughter, when she was younger, she used to wear um, a pinafore on her blouse in her uniform and, of course, the inner garments. So what I'll do is you put the pinafore first. Oh, wait, you have a jumper, yes, or a cardigan. You put the cardigan first, then you put the pinafore, followed by the blouse, followed by the vests and all the undergarments on there, prepared, ready to go. And that's the same way you also prepare your own clothes ready to go. You've got your shoes where they're going to be. And if you're going to wear socks, children, put your socks in the shoe. Okay, so those are things that you prepare. And of course, as you're doing that, you're clearing up and tidying up downstairs or your um, cooking space. So that's the idea behind that. That's the first 20 minutes. Now, the next 20 minutes is a period where you prepare yourself. What I mean by that is you're winding down, okay? Your winding down is so important. It's where you are giving yourself some grooming. So at that point, if you've had a particularly long day, you might want to have a bath. You might want to have um, some candlelight lit, some nice oils, incense, whatever works for you. And you might want the children to have a shower or a bath. And that's also a nice time for you to bond as well. A time where they can play with their rubber duckies and all the other things that they play with in the bath. Or you can sing a song in the shower. While, of course, they can sing while you're bathing them or whichever way you want to do it. So this is another thing that you can do in terms of preparing yourself. Another way of preparing yourself is brushing your teeth. Very important because dental hygiene is linked to our well-being. Now, this is another topic I will be exploring. But of course, because I'm not a dentist, I will be talking about this with someone who's a dental expert. Okay, so bringing that to you. So watch this space. Anyway, very importantly, so brush your teeth and just have that. Now, the third segment, which is the next 20 minutes, that is where you start to wind down. Okay, that wind down period is the time where you, if you are one who is religious, I tend to do a night devotion with my children. So we read from scripture, we talk about it, and we pray. When we finish praying, that they have their gratitude journals, and we all write in our gratitude journals. It's very important that you start to incorporate in the lives of your children and the act of gratitude, the practice of gratitude. And it could be something as simple as write three things you're grateful for today. There are so many things my children write. Oh, thank you, Lord, that my mommy gave me a hug. Thank you, Lord, that I had my favorite food. Thank you, Lord, that I watched this television program. I mean, there's, there's no limit to what you can be thankful for. So get creative, get writing, and that is a very good practice that you can actually put forward. Another thing has, that has been demonstrated with research 
is that when you express gratitude before you go to bed, you tend to have a better night's sleep. You tend to have a calmer mindset. So it's something to incorporate. Another thing you need to do is to get all the thoughts in your head, <laughs> all those things that are worrying you, the things on your to-do list, do a brain dump on a piece of paper or in your journal or your planner for the day. I tend to do that in my planner. So I write all the things to do. I write them all. I don't really do much about them. I just write them in my book. And what I do with that is one, once I'm writing that in, I feel that relief because I don't have to keep thinking, oh, I hope I'm not forgetting something because I've written it down. Now, there's another practice I tend to suggest to people as well, and that is having a worry journal. If you're someone who worries quite a lot and you're anxious and quite um, apprehensive about things, I would suggest you keep a worry journal. And the worry journal is such that it helps you and guides you to explore things that are causing you distress. And when you write them down, it takes that weight and that load off your mind and off your heart. And by so doing, you start to feel well in yourself. Another very important thing when you are doing this is that as you write it down, you'll find out that there are certain things there that really shouldn't be getting you worried. And you can get rid of them. You can scratch them out. You can rip up the piece of paper and burn it if you want, but please do not burn stuff in your house. Remember, risk of fire, it is real. Do not do it, <laughs> okay? So safely dispose of it. And if there are any things you need to de delegate to someone, go ahead and do that. So once you have done that, that definitely helps you to get ready for bed. Another very important thing I want to advise is to ensure that you have a bottle of water beside your bed. The reason why I advise that is because overnight, research has shown that you lose a lot of water via what we call insensible water loss. During respiration as well, you also lose water. And when you lose this water, you become dehydrated. Your body cells are dehydrated. Your brain cells are dehydrated. And so when you wake up in the morning and you reach out for that bottle of water and you're drinking that water, you're rehydrating yourself. So you will not wake up with that panic and be walking on dehydrated cells. So you go to bed and that's it. Now, we always suggest going to bed early. There are many people that have got different sleep times. Now, as a mother, perhaps as a working mother, you might think, look, there's no way I can keep to a, a particular sleep time because I've got lots to do. Maybe you're a mother who is working, or you're also running your own business. And you, the nighttime, usually after the children have gone to bed, is a time for you to run your business and do things in relation to that. I understand. I would suggest that you pick up a cut of time because <laughs> when you are working or grinding at something, when you are really tired, that is punishment. That is not work. That is punishment. I remember when I was in medical school, some of my colleagues and I would go to the um, medical school area 
that was when we were in preclinical school. It was very, we were very notorious of doing that. So we would leave our hostels and where we were staying, our accommodation, and we'll go to anatomy. That was the area. We'll go to anatomy and we'll sit there and read until the next day. Now, <laughs> the funny thing about it is we started this reading at about 8 p.m. And probably did not finish until 6 a.m. It was grueling. But there were some times when we would read and by 11 p.m., some of us are nodding. Now, I need to re remind you that we hadn't been playing all day. We had been in school studying and working all day. So all we did was after school at six o'clock, we maybe went home, had some dinner, um, changed our clothes, got the books we wanted to read and got back to reading mode. That wasn't ideal. And what I noticed was we were more tired. And when we were <laughs> reading and sleeping, we called it sleeding, we weren't, in, we weren't taking in any, anything. We're not understanding what we're reading because we're sleeping and nodding our heads. And it was punishment. So I did that a couple of times. And after a couple of times of nodding my head and trying to read, I closed my book and I said, look, this is punishment. I need to go to my bed and sleep. And sometimes you need to do that too. What is your own cut of time for you to go to your bed and sleep? Knowing fully well that when you sleep early, you can wake up early. Now, I also understand that there are some people who are night owls and some people who are early birds. But as a working mother, whether you are night owl, working or early bird, you end up waking up early because of your work. <laughs> OK, so having said that, when you wake up in the morning, I always suggest that you wake up earlier than the rest of the household. Why? Because you need some me time. Now, this is where people struggle. They don't get that me time because of the workload. But your me time doesn't have to be so long. It could just be 30 minutes before the general household wakes up. That 30 minutes is for you. 10 minutes for spiritual development and meditation, 10 minutes for physical activity, and 10 minutes for planning your day. So you remember how you worked through your, your dump where you put all the to-dos there? You would go through them and take action and schedule them in. Perhaps, oh, this is going to be at two o'clock. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm delegating to so-and-so person. These are things you can do with your list to turn it from a to-do list to a power list. And I talk about this in some of my training. So please get that training. And you also see it in my book for working mothers as well. So when you have this, you've gotten up that early, bring your children in. And when you bring them in, you pick, let them learn how to have some sense of independence. Supervise them. Don't do everything for them. That helps to minimize the morning rush. I know with older children, they are more independent. With younger children, they are less independent. But even with the younger children, you can guide them. I know there are times when I am getting dressed and my children are also getting dressed. Now, I could leave my stuff and go get them dressed, but I say, okay, 
I've put in my inner garments and I'm putting my outer garments, maybe doing my makeup. And the children are there trying to fiddle with doing the buttons. Okay, keep going. You're doing great. I bring them into my room and they do that change in there so I can see them as I'm doing my own stuff. So this is not for you to feel guilty as a mother that you're not getting them dressed. It's for you to teach them how to be independent. I hope this is landing for you. I hope this is helpful for you because in the, in the long run, you are trying to bring up responsible, independent citizens as well as individuals who love themselves are passionate about their well-being. So when your children see you taking care of you, they will also learn to take care of themselves. And so in the mornings, when you wake up like this, after having a preparation the night before, the risk of having a morning rush that is going to be debilitating to your well-being is very slim. So try this today. Now, of course, in different areas of the world and on different days, in different seasons, we've got different traffic um, events. Some days there's no traffic on the roads. Other days it is a proper traffic jam. So try to know what the routine is. I know in my own area, when I'm trying to get the children to school and myself to work, if I leave later than quarter to eight, I know I'm going to be late. But if I leave before then, maybe 7.30, the road is a bit clearer. Just be mindful and be aware of how your roads in your local area and on the commute to your place of work and to your children's school is so that you can also take that route. One thing I've also suggested is even if you've had a rush of the morning, maybe because you woke up late or you hit the snooze button like me sometimes, I want you to do something in your car. In your commuting, try to have a period of positive affirmations, declarations with your children. I have one that I always play in the car and that it's just beautiful and powerful. The children and I would say, I am enough. I am worthy. I am awesome. All that I need is within me. I can do all things. I am standing in my power. God has created me for a purpose and so many things. And those are the things that we just keep repeating on the way to school. That empowers me and turns any pressure that might have built up in the morning getting ready to school. It also helps the children to have a strong mindset with regards to facing their at school. So I hope this helps you today. Please do not forget to subscribe to this channel, share it with other mothers, download this episode, and please leave a review. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, I ask that you stay well.